Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. My name is Ryan McKenna. I'm here with Janet. Janet, we are back. Last week I did one, it was a, what I call a blitz podcast, where I just rant for four minutes to, about stuff, and you're not involved just because when we get busy at work, sometimes I just do one from home real quick. But Janet is back with us. I'm here. So we have the, the yin and the yang, the good and the bad, the, 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 and I guess it's up to you to decide who's what, right? That's right. Um, Naughty and nice, yeah. <laughs> it's the season. But it is, it is the season. And one of the things that I was going to do a kind of a blitz podcast on, but since we're here and we're talking about um, this probably will be a shorter one, but this was something that I, I saw on the interwebs and the internet somewhere. Um, it was a few weeks back, and I kind of put it into my Evernote as like, this would be a good one to do a blitz on, but then I did a blitz on something else. I can't remember what it was. It was all on uh, an article on baby boomers. Uh-huh. And it was not on baby boomers. It was on how one in five people, one in five households in America doesn't have a uh, net positive net worth. Oh, that, that I'll believe. Yeah. And it was all about, like, do these people... Everybody t- t- tells me like, "Oh, it's so great! You own, you know, a home health care company. It's going to be making you tons of money." And usually, the two things I say is, "Well, there are a lot of competitors. One, so it's not like I'm the only one here, and I'm not like John D. Rockefeller with Standard Oil, where I own the whole, <laughs> the whole industry." Um, and two, you know, I'm pretty concerned about baby boomers not having money to pay for these things because. You know, the the mentality, at least around here. I mean, I'm not from the Midwest, but, I, you know, you see how in California, at least, is the 4,000-square-foot house, the three-car garage, the truck, the BMW, and then the minivan um, or the SUV or whatever you want to call it. You know, that stuff costs money, and uh, that means a lot of money isn't getting saved. Exactly. So. Well, now there's even ads on TV for different financial companies where it's the idea of – have you planned to have enough money to live out your life on? Yeah. And they have these different gimmicky, this is when you think you need to start saving when reality says you got to save there. And a lot of people are concerned about outliving their money. And I think that's a real concern. Absolutely. Because, you know, you don't know if you're the, you know, like my mom, you don't know if you're the person that has gets cancer at 65 or you're the person that lives to 95 and you had only saved for 85 years on this earth so but one of the things that we were going to talk about today and uh do a podcast on and i'll try to get this up tomorrow tomorrow being friday today's thursday the 14th we didn't have the time to get one out on tuesday it's been crazy over here but it is this map i saw and i was on the the internet and i and just like the blitz podcast last week i like talking about reading about and being knowledgeable about finance i subscribe to the wall street journal not to really deal with the politics but i like the business the economy side I think that stuff's interesting. And so I saw this map of the nation, and the article was about who is the biggest employer in all of the United States. And from looking at this map, who would you say is the biggest employer of all the United States? Walmart USA. Walmart USA. All right. (laughs) So, and, and, and you might say, well, why the heck am I listening to Caregiver's Toolbox to talk about 
uh, Walmart being the biggest employer of in the, in the country, and you would absolutely be right in thinking that. Um, the reason why I found this map so interesting is not because it talks about, uh, you know, if if Amazon and Walmart are going to go head to head being the biggest employers in the near future, but it's because of the things I noticed um, on the map. And Janet, I'll just talk for a moment and then you give me your opinion on this. But most of the South is dominated, most of the South and Midwest is dominated by Walmart. But then we'll start from left to right, from the West Coast to the East Coast, to the things that I found interesting. Oregon. Oregon. Biggest provider. Biggest employer. Providence Health Services. Idaho. St. Luke's Health Services. Utah. Intermountain Healthcare. North Dakota. Stanford Health. Sanford Health. South Dakota. Havera Health. Minnesota. The Mayo Clinic. Pennsylvania, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, Connecticut, Yale Health Systems, Rhode Island, Lifespan of uh, Lifespan System of Hospitals, Massachusetts is, of course, Partners Healthcare, God Emperor Par- Partners Healthcare, and then, of course, University of Vermont Medical Center in Vermont is the number one um, employer there. So, Basically, what this map showed that out of out of the states, 22 of these states were um, Walmart was the biggest employer. Of of that, the next 12 states, it was healthcare systems. So, though it wasn't under the same umbrella of one company, it shows you how big the industry is of healthcare. That in 12 states, the number one employer is a hospital or a medical center or an insurance company. What do you think about that, Janet? It, it really is mind-boggling, and, and it would be interesting to see what that map would look like if you looked at healthcare companies that were national companies, because there are companies like Stewart Healthcare. They're not based in Massachusetts, but they have a number of Massachusetts facilities, or in the assisted livings. There are places that are regional. They're multi-state. So it's, in some ways, even bigger than the list you came up with. It's clearly the largest employer in our country. Yeah, I would imagine that, I mean, just a guess, but if you start putting together all the hospitals, all the SNFs, all the assisted livings, the home health agencies, the VNAs, and anything that's related to that, whether that's durable medical equipment companies, hospice companies, if I didn't mention them already. Um, pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would imagine the healthcare system overall might employ more people in the United States, whether that's a percentage or an overall number, than maybe any other industry that's out there. I could be completely wrong. Maybe it's the government. Maybe because you have these, you know, the government would be number one, but maybe in the private sector, it would be a healthcare system. Um, but who knows, maybe retail with, with Walmart and all the retailers might be number one. But either way, it just it was a map that kind of surprised me on how dependent not only are we on healthcare to stay alive, but how dependent we are on healthcare to keep for our jobs, for our economy, for um, all of the, the, the different um, industries that are involved in that. When it goes all the way down to the CVSs, the Walgreens that are, that are if you, you know, yeah, they're kind of convenience stores, but they're really pharmacies and they're there to help out with healthcare needs. And CVS, I think, is looking to merge or buy or Already something. Bought. Already purchased. Is it Aetna or someone? Aetna. Aetna. CVS bought Aetna, which is a whole nother. That's, I didn't even do a podcast on that because I don't, it's like 
it's so big. It's like I don't even know how you you even uh, eat that whale. Like I don't know where that's that's you're gonna find out the good, the bad, and the ugly like five years from now of like whether this that works out or not. But I mean, it's it's got to be one of those those things where you know the amount of people that are involved in the healthcare system is monumental, and it kind of made me think like, wow, you know, I'm involved in it, and my employees are involved in it, and all of those things. that are part of a system in helping sick people. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it defines where people live for access to these things. And there was an article, I want to say it was this past week, and it was maybe in the Boston Globe, I'm sure it's elsewhere, that they ranked the number one state, the healthiest state in the country to live in. And for the previous five years, Hawaii held the title. Well, this year, Massachusetts beat out Hawaii. And they they listed what the criteria was. And one of the places where Massachusetts pulled ahead was access to mental health services. So it's not even just, you know, what we think of as the the traditional physical medical conditions, um, but also mental health and what what that brings. Yeah, that makes sense. We didn't even mention the mental health side of things. Maybe we forget about that because we don't – one – I think you, when you think of somebody sick, you think physically, right? You think right. somebody's injured or somebody has a disease. And two, we're not in the mental health industry, so that's maybe something that's kind of an out of sight, out of mind. But and it's it, a funding issue and yeah. all of that. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and it's probably been out of sight, out of mind for many different people, including important people that make big decisions in this country. Um, but that's absolutely a good point. You know, like, you know, how many people feel that they need mental health health help and um, you know, that's a whole other segment of the industry that's involved. So it was just an interesting thing. And if you want to look it up, you just basically um, type into Google the mapping the largest employers in America. And there will be multiple um, websites that came up. I just printed this one out because I liked the map that it represented. And I thought it was an easy to see map versus the sometimes they do all the logos for each employer. So I thought it was I thought it was interesting and I think it would be good to hear the feedback from the listeners that are on our Facebook page on who are you employed by and what are your thoughts on being in one of those states that uh, is an employer their biggest employer is the healthcare industry. I mean, it's got to be, you know, uh, uh, so important. You know, I have friends that live in Connecticut, and Connecticut, I think it's a uh, a bit of a um, s- stereotype that it's all rich because you think about the the people from Manhattan that live in southern the southern tip of Connecticut in what is it, Greenwich and, and Greenwich County or whatever that county is down there. But there's there's a very big swath of Connecticut that is not filled with millionaires and billionaires. It's filled with thousandaires. And um, I know that it, with my friends that are down there in the towns that are, even in the beach community towns, it's either you're a cop, you're a fireman, or you're a nurse or a doctor. I mean, it's one of those services where you're either a government service worker, you're working at Electric Boat, and Electric Boat is based in New London, and they're a government contractor, or you're in the healthcare industry, and that's what's keeping things going down there versus, you know, there's no big, huge industry that um, that's down there right now. And the industry that they did have, which was insurance companies, 
They're all leaving. That's right. And in this, in rural parts of the country where small hospitals are finding it hard to keep their head above water and are, in fact, closing, that's that's devastating the economy in those areas. Sure. And it's not like it's something they don't need. But if you have a 45-minute drive in an ambulance to get somewhere, you know, that's a whole other world. And that's a, a significant part of our country that has to start dealing with that. Sure. I mean, I remember uh, the, the friend that I have down there, She was she's a nurse, and they had a bad night where there were two or three, I can't remember. There were a couple major accidents that involved multiple cars and multiple people in them. And then they all went to this community hospital and the hospitals, you know, I can't take care of 10 emergency people at once. And so then they're getting medevacs out there and they're, you know, just getting, uh, you know, medical helicopters in and out to bring them to Providence or bring them to another one because these small community hospitals are run on a shoestring budget. And when those big disasters occur, they're like, we're not staffed for these this amount of people. And, you know, that costs lives when somebody's got to be transported by ambulance or um, even the helicopter it still takes time. It still yep. takes valuable time to get somebody up and get somebody into a facility that's going to be uh, that's going to be equipped to handle whatever's going on. Right. So, anyways, I thought that was just a good, interesting article. It doesn't necessarily deal with home health, but it's in our segment of of healthcare. So, um, take a look at that. I found it interesting. We'd love your feedback on the caregivers toolbox toolbox on. Facebook, look us up. Please interact with us, and we'll uh, certainly interact with you and give us your your thoughts and opinions on things. So, thank you very much, Janet. My pleasure. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you on the next one.